Business Buzz Podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VowFM 88.1 for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on VowFM. That's Voice of Vits 88.1. We are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. And my name is Bidio Mob Justice Kavaza. I will be your host until about 7 p.m. Who's to say that business can't be entertaining? Make sure you hold on to your seats as we unpack the world of business and as we keep you educated and in intrigued on today's show we're looking at something that's you know slightly different uh, we're going to be looking at funding your business and specifically we're looking at crowdfunding for those who don't particularly know uh, crowdfunding just has to do with uh, finding a number of people to contribute a small amount that then makes up a big amount that you're looking for so for example if you're looking for 750,000 rand and you get 750 people to give you a thousand rand each then you reached your goal so that's what we're going to be looking at and i was actually reading an interesting article earlier today and it seems that people are crowdfunding all types of things in their lives in 2018 um in cape town i heard of uh, three different uh, sets of couples that are currently crowdfunding for their weddings and apparently um Crowdfunding your funeral is also now a thing as well. And uh, holidays, you know, that's also happening. And I actually had a friend the other day who actually got her phone stolen and actually started a GoFundMe page to actually replace this phone. So there's a lot of different applications. Uh, so it's going to be quite an interesting show. We're going to be talking to um, Catherine Duploy, who is from Backup Buddy. She is the chief operating officer around how they you uh implementing crowdfunding because they run a platform where you can crowdfund uh, for a good cause and then on the other side of that we're going to be talking to rob haynes who is from league of beers he is the founder and is going to be telling us about how they crowdfunded for their songbird gin brand so that's how the show is looking make sure you keep in touch with us on social media we are vow fm that's voice of vids on facebook otherwise you can find us on vids radio academy uh, we have our own facebook page there on twitter our hashtag is hashtag business buzz and our handle is at vow fm 0840784912 that's our whatsapp line and you can also stream the station live that's on vowfm.co.za podcasts of the business buzz show will be available on journalism.co.za forward slash business so that's how our show is looking like for today make sure you keep it locked we're here until about 7 p.m so definitely make sure the you don't turn that down on the other side of this we get into our business rap keep it locked this is the business buzz business rap with ken sweatman it's time for us to get into our business wrap. That's the part of the show where we give you um, a list of the top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we are joined by our financial expert. We have Ken Swettenham. How are you, Ken? Uh, good evening. I'm very well. And yourself? Huh? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. Um, in terms of uh, the week, how's uh, the business in South Africa looking? How are our markets? How is that rand? Well, the, the RAND has strengthened uh, today very substantially. I'm just looking at the figures now uh, while I speak to you. And we've currently got the RAND trading right up at 13.27 against the U.S. dollar. That's a strengthening of almost 2% on the day. Um, that's uh, very good news for our currency, considering as recently as a week to 10 days ago, it was really nudging closer to the 14 to the dollar mark. So to be right back at 13.27 is good news indeed. The, the rent against the British pound is currently trading at 17.58. That was well over 18 a, a week ago. 
And for those who are interested, it's at 1553 to the euro and under 10 to the Australian dollar, which interests a lot of people. 985 to the Australian dollar at the moment. So we've certainly seen some, some strength in the rand, uh, which again appears to be a dollar weakness against emerging currencies rather than, than strength. It's often a dollar story and, and not a rand story when we see these movements. Yeah. And what else has been going on actually in terms of uh, the local market? Uh, because as you said, uh, when it comes to the RAND, a lot of it is international as to do with the dollar itself. But otherwise, on the local front, how is the JSC looking and how is the market? Well, we, we, we've had a down day again today. And I have to say again, because we had quite a serious uh, pullback yesterday as well. And the, the, the all share index is down just on two thirds of a percent and, and closed at 56,849 for those who, who are interested in the indexes. And it's been read across the board, really. The financials are down about a third of a, of a percent, industrial index down just under half a percent. And the resources, probably on the back of a strengthening REM, took quite a knock today down one and a half percent. And that's despite the fact that gold and, and palladium and platinum, the, the stuff we dig out of the ground here in South Africa, are all up in price. Um, but what has come down very substantially today, um, and it's just disappeared off my screen, but I'll try and remember it, is the oil price currently trading at around, here we are, it's back on, $74.10. That's down around 6% on the day, which hopefully is good news for our fuel price going forward. <laughs> and I understand that is as a result of Libya actually opening some new oil fields which have been defunct for a while, which will push more oil into the market. And anybody who has a basic understanding of economics will know if there's more supply, um, it tends to bring prices down on any commodity, not only oil. So oil has slipped in price fairly substantially on on, on the views that there might be a, a, a more supply of oil in the market. Yeah. So how long would that actually then take to actually affect our pockets? I think um, all of us as motorists are, are suffering with this new uh, 16 Rand um, for the price of fuel at the moment. When are we actually going to feel some of these more positive effects? Well, let, let me not disappoint you. It, it may not come <laughs> through to the oil price. Uh, what, what we're talking about today, I mean, it's a very good news that oil has come down in price and we've got a strengthening rand. I mean, they're the two things we need to, to bring our fuel price down a little bit, but we need it to be consistent. It's no good if it happens on one day. If it all weakens again tomorrow, then, then the strength we've had today is, is not going to help us at all. The oil price, as you know, is adjusted on, on a month-by-month basis, and it's adjusted on what happens during the course of a month. So if this trend does continue for the balance of July, we may, and, and, and certainly don't quote me on this, but we may see a small adjustment um, downwards in the fuel price in August. But um, it's still too early to say on, on whether that will happen or not. And as you say, it's not only us as motorists who own motor vehicles, but it's everybody else who, as we've discussed before, who uses public transport, taxis, and uh, taxi users, bus users, any vehicle that uses diesel or, or petrol. Um, th- those increases in costs are passed on to, to the consumer, unfortunately. So as you heard from Ken Sertanem, um the price of fuel might come down, but then he's saying that uh, we don't want to promise anything uh, because uh, some of these effects might not come through. Uh, that's it in terms of our business wrap, as you heard as well. Our markets are currently down today, but the RAND has strengthened quite a bit. As you heard, we are up uh, 2% from last week because the RAND is currently trading at 13 Rand 27 cents to um, the US dollar and 13.58 to the British pound. But a lot of it is 
happening because of the international market, not necessarily what's going on in South Africa. So that's it in terms of our business wrap. On the other side of this, we tell you the state of your 100 rand as we give you our Buffalo Index. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. We just came from giving you our business wrap right now. It's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 Rand and our Buffalo Index. And in studio, I'm joined by my producer, Lengi Wezondo, who's going to be telling us a little bit about how uh, your Buffalo is looking this particular week. How are you, Lengi I'm good, Madiwa. How are you? Ah, no, no, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How is, how is my 100 Rand this week? Your 100 Rand is looking good. I mean, <laughs> yes, let's get into it. Yeah. So um, we are going to be taking a few good causes from a crowdfunding platform called Thunder Fund, yeah. which is spelled T-H-U-N-D-A Fund. And uh, for our listeners, so basically who are looking for causes to support, in return, um, they can, they get um, a few varying awards, rewards, and we're going to be touching on those rewards. Yeah. So we have three causes that we're going to touch on. The first one is the Kind Butcher. And basically, um, they are starting the first herbivorous butchery, which re- really means that they're going to be producing plant-based meat products. And, and they're looking at... Uh, 3,500 3, buffaloes which is 350,000 rands and so if our listener contributes 150 rand or 1.5 buffaloes they get to be invited to an exclusive um, opening event and they receive a voucher for 75 rand yeah. if they contribute um, 25 buffaloes they get invited to the event and they get discounts to the value of 100 rand um, per month on their products oh, wow. and then if someone has much deeper pockets and they're able to contribute 150 buffaloes once off, they get invited to the exclusive events. They get a, a access to an exclusive dinner that's specifically for people um, that have contributed within this bracket. And then they also get like monthly discounts to the value of 650 rand um, per month on their products. Mm. So that is the kind butcher. And then... We move on to a soccer team, which is a young soccer team from 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 Cape Town. It's called Grassroots, and they are fundraising for a trip to Germany. And so, basically, this football club um, looks at um, um, you know developing the skill sets of, of of underprivileged youth within within the Cape Town region, and uh, they're looking to develop themselves further through um, exposure to you know football teams um, within within Germany. And they really just are looking for seven 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 seventy thousand rands um, in order for them to take their their team to uh, Germany. Yeah. So yeah, for them they have like for for ten buffaloes you get you know social media platforms you get um, a team photo an album and a video and if you donate um, ten thousand rands um, you get the pictures the album a video of each player basically t- um, you know ex- um, touching on how the journey has influenced them um, the, the um, donator also gets or the sponsor gets a, a special full kit uh, tour. A full kit from um, the players, and they also get their logo on 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 the team's uh, uniform. So that is the soccer team looking to go to Germany, and they are called the Grass Boots. 
And then last but not least, we have Tumamina that's looking for 750,000 rands. So that's 7,500 buffaloes. And um, so, and they are engaging with um, students on menstrual health and they have a campaign around that. And they're looking to raise funds to purchase Mina menstrual cups for university girls. And if anyone is able to donate there, um, or pledge 500 rands or more they receive a shout out on all their social media platforms and they also get a, a, a Mina menstrual cup so those are our three um, good causes that we're touching on today in the Buffalo Index I like the fact that almost all of them have this uh, common theme uh, where basically you can uh, you, you're getting rewards yes I don't know how else to put it you're getting rewards uh, for for actually being part of this thing they actually have a structure mm-hmm. donate this much you get you know absolutely I, I like so there's that. an incentive so so you you give I mean we, we ought to give out of the goodness of our hearts without expecting anything in return but a, an incentive is all is always a a, a bonus mm. And I suppose so. And some of them have come with really creative rewards and and incentives for 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 their sponsors. Hmm. Uh, which one would you do? I'm keen on um, the. I think the grass boots they were the very they were the most comprehensive. You you're passionate about the football, <laughs> considering the current World Cup. <laughs> but I think I'm curious uh, the most about the herbivorous butchery yes because yeah. that that's the, the plant based so yeah. for me i would be um i'm all for women issues and around things like um a menstruation which are things that you know women can't control and yeah. so definitely with the, with regards to under under the underprivileged um and the servicing of, of 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 that segment of the marginalized community i'm all for the for for for, for the last one mm. yes so that's it uh in terms of our buffalo index a lot of different uh crowdfunding opportunities that are available out there in the market for your for your buffaloes as you heard i think the lowest we heard there was 150 rand um and you can actually be contributing towards you know um something big so on the other side of this we're actually going to be talking to um uh, we're going to be talking to christine uh, not christine sorry to catherine deploy who is uh from backup buddy and they are talking about how to use your money to actually crowdfund for causes right that are important either to society uh, or and they actually make sure that what you're doing is good and proper so we're going to be talking to them as we talk about our crowdfunding keep it locked this is the business buzz the, the business buzz we are talking crowdfunding today on the business buzz remember that you can keep in touch with us um get in touch with us continue the conversation tell us if you've ever crowdfunded uh for whatever cause um you are particularly engaged in as you heard earlier on people are crowdfunding for funerals weddings lost phones uh and the like holidays even so the 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 crowdfunding market is actually quite large on facebook you can find us that's vow fm voice of uh, vits uh, 88.1 FM and then you can find our Vitz Radio Academy Facebook page and then on Twitter we're at VowFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz so as we get into the topic as we get deep into the topic uh, on the line we are joined by uh, Catherine Duploy who is the Chief Operations Officer for Back a Buddy um, who are in the business of uh, 
funding for uh, cause their motto is actually uh, where cause meets crowd and so far they've actually been able to raise more than 69.9 million rand uh, for the various uh, charitable causes through their platform um so on the line as i said we have catherine how are you catherine I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, so uh, we actually were talking about the fact that you've actually been able to raise about uh, sixteen, more than sixty-nine million rand um, using your platform over the years, and that um, your motto is "Where Cause Meets Crowd." Um, how mm. does um, so? As we begin our conversation, we just want to know how does Backer Buddy actually work, and do you guys actually make? Uh, money from uh, the campaigns that are run on your platform? Well, first of all, I'm quite excited to say we're almost at the 70 million mark. So I'm really <laughs> hoping that even uh, today or early tomorrow morning, we're going to roll over onto the 70 million for, for thousands of different campaigns and causes. Um, we are a registered non-profit organization. So our main objective through the site is not to generate you know, massive amounts of money, but we do need to sustain ourselves as an organization. So how we do that, our business model, is essentially that we take a 5% administrative fee on all the funds that are raised through the platform. So that then comes to us as Backabuddy to sustain our tech developers and the team that we have behind all of the the various campaigns. So... How receptive would you say South Africans have been so far um, just to the issue of crowdfunding as a whole, uh, perhaps in comparison to other countries uh, and regions? Mm. Because we know like in the States, uh, GoFundMe, for example, has actually Mm. been very popular. But you guys have taken Mm. a bit of a a different twist on the idea. Plus, you're Mm. dealing with the South African market. How Mm. receptive are our South Africans? It's, it's, it's often a discussion that we have amongst the team because we're always looking for various ways uh, to sort of tell stories in a better way. Um, South Africans are extremely generous nation, a, a generous nation and the whole, the whole concept behind crowdfunding is the fact that you don't really have to rely on a high net worth individual to make a difference, but everybody collectively as a crowd can make a small contribution and collectively make a big impact. So there's there's sort of like a bit of a science to crowdfunding. So if you've got a crowdfunding page, it's extremely important to articulate your cause in a fashion that that appeals to the donor market. So for example, donors really like to know exactly what their money will be used for. They don't really respond very well to general asks. So, for example, if somebody says, well, you know, I'm, I'm really in need of 20,000 rand to help my family, it's too general, it's, it's too, too vague, and we find that donors do not respond to that kind of a campaign. But when the campaign creators are very specific about the needs, so if they say something like, you know, um, my child has diabetes and we don't have a medical aid and we need to send our child for a specific test that needs to be done and the test is going to cost 10,000 rand. Then the donor understands exactly what their money is going to be used for. So they tend to be more responsive and they tend to be, you know, they tend to make more contributions. We've also found the use of video, as I'm sure you, you are aware, um, video just 
seems to reach the, the donors in a better way than just yeah. a, 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 an image. So campaigns that use video tend to do a lot better. And I'm not even talking about a professional video. I'm talking about you know taking out your cell phone and, and talking to it because people give to people. So if you can find a way to make your campaign appeal to another person and really speak from the heart, we see those elements coming through nicely in terms of, of donors responding. I mean, there is the whole debate around donor fatigue and 150,000 <laughs> charities that all are asking for the same thing. Yeah. There's, there's always going to be a lot of people that need. So it's going to come down to how you ask and what you need the money for. So sort of on the same in the same sort of stream of thought um how do you guys then tackle with uh the security concerns um because you 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 are trying to appeal to these people mm. uh you're making the videos you're reaching out to the people you've got your your mm. team of people that are hyping uh, your campaign and all of that stuff but if someone mm. is saying how safe is my money or um how mm. uh, what what what's um, assurances are there that my money is actually mm. going to get to the person who's asking mm. for the money, that it's not going to be intercepted along the way, all of that stuff. Mm. What mm. measures do you guys have in place for all that? So that's an interesting question because that is certainly where we've had to differentiate ourselves from other crowdfunding platforms, specifically with the South African, within a South African context. Because even though South Africans are very generous, they also tend to be a little bit skeptical and a little bit, you know, can I trust this or can I not trust this? Yeah. Um, and so we've had to really um, come up with measures to, to increase the trustworthiness of our platform. And the way that we've done that is, first of all, the vetting process. So when you set up a campaign, it's not going to go up immediately. We are going to ask you for a copy of your ID book. We're going to ask you for at least two references of people that can verify that your cause is real. So if you say you're sick, we need a lot a letter from your doctor. If you say you're studying and you need fees, we need to we need to speak to somebody at the university to verify that this is in fact the case. So before your campaign goes up, there is a vetting process involved. So that's yeah. the one way to, to reassure donors. And then the other way is we try and encourage the campaign creators to let us manage the money. So it's not, a, it's not a prerequisite, it's not forced. But we say to the student who's trying to crowdfund, guys, let us pay the university directly, okay? So we can put in your text on your campaign page, back a buddy, we'll pay the institution directly because the donors like that. The okay. donors respond well to that. The, the campaign creator doesn't have to say yes, they can say no, I'd rather manage it myself. And that's fine, we'll set up a campaign, but you may not get as many donations as you would have if you had allowed Backabuddy to manage the funds for you. So that's how we've sort of um, increased our trustworthiness amongst the, the South African population and also assuring the donors that to the best of our ability, the funds are going to, towards their intended purposes. So in terms of that as well, because you've already given mm. us uh, what criteria you sort of use to verify legitimacy. Mm. Uh, mm. But earlier on, you spoke about how um, there's this idea of donor fatigue and the fact that mm. there's probably um, thousands of charitable causes and non-profits out mm. there. What mm. is 
a worthy cause um how do you then because legitimacy is one thing to say that this thing is real yes um this person is actually trying to get um x amount of money to do x thing but what mm, is mm. a worthy cause? <laughs> because someone what? might be sitting, someone is probably sitting and saying to themselves, Catherine, uh, uh, there's something I want to do, but is, is Backup Buddy really the platform for me? Are you going to think that I'm worthy? Um, a worthy cause <laughs> is, is sort of like a question of what is beautiful. It's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. So, so what I, um, you know, my heart beats for causes around children because I'm a mother. Yeah. But my very good friend, Lisa, her heart beats for animals. Um, another person I know is passionate about environment. Another person I know is passionate about entrepreneurs and empowering entrepreneurs. So a worthy cause is, is I think there are many different worthy causes. Yeah. Um, it, it's, going to just, it's going to depend on... on the donors and whether they think your cause is speaks to their heart and how well you communicate it. So it's not for us as backer buddies to decide if the cause is worthy or not. Yeah. Um, we will set up that campaign for you and we will allow you to, to run a campaign as long as you meet our vetting criteria. Yeah. But whatever your cause is, that's, that's up to you and that's up to your, your target market of donors to decide whether they want to give it to us. We we sort of are more of, of a of the platform, or we we allow you to um, to ask for funds or fundraise in a creative way that donors respond well to. I think that uh, leads very well to our last question because um, I think something that our listeners might also be interested to just know is in terms of uh, the activity you've seen on your platform, as you said, you Mm. guys are close to that 70 million rand mark now. Um, Mm -hmm. What sort of campaigns uh, have been garnering the most attention um, over Mm. the years or currently and uh, the ones that are actually getting uh, the most funding at the moment? So, you know, at the top of my head, we are always going to have those disasters that are going to generate <laughs> a lot of attention and a lot of funds. We know this. Yeah. I'm talking nice fires. I'm talking about uh, Mklengi, the unfortunate incident with a, with a triathlete who had his leg almost sawed off a couple of months ago. You know, these are extremely emotive um shocking causes that people respond to immediately. They, they, they go and they give and, and there's a large amount of money raised. Yeah. But those are, that's not our bread and butter. We rely on continuous campaign submissions with amounts like 10,000 raised, 20,000 raised. And we see, we see the medical campaigns yeah. for people who are ill. Those tend to do quite well. I think people feel a lot of compassion for, for other human beings who, who are suffering. Yeah. So those kinds of campaigns do do well. We also see campaigns do very well when somebody champions them. And by championing, I mean that it's another individual who stands up for someone. So, for example, even in an education case, if there's an 18-year-old youngster who, who can't afford to go to university and has applied for funding and unfortunately wasn't accepted, and they know their father or an uncle or somebody who knows them that's a little bit older, 
they set up the page and they say, guys, I'm doing this on behalf of my nephew, mm. on behalf of my son. I can speak for him. He's amazing. That tends to do a lot better than if you set up a campaign yourself. Because when you speak about yourself, it doesn't sound as authentic as when somebody else speaks on your behalf. So those, those kinds... Um, those kinds of campaigns generally do quite well. So that was it. We were talking to Catherine Duploy, who is uh, the Chief Operating Officer of uh, Back Up Buddy, uh, just telling us what the uh, crowdfunding landscape is looking like in South Africa. I think uh, some takeaways, uh, big ones uh, for me were, if you campaign on behalf of someone or on behalf of a particular cause, um, that uh, campaign is uh, likely to take on uh, more more attention and more money and then the other interesting one is that in terms of trends uh, things that have to do with um, medical procedures or medical related campaigns are the ones that are garnering the most attention but on the other side of this we're going to be talking to an interesting entrepreneur who was able to crowdfund his business and his business is around um, the business of gin and he was able to crowdfund a gin and you know that was it it was a, it, a very interesting one so make sure you tune in on the other side of this you're going to be hearing his story around how he was able to make sense of all that so yes keep it locked this is the business buzz you're tuned in to the business buzz Welcome back. This is the Business Buzz right here on VowFM 88.1. We're talking crowdfunding and we just came from uh, giving you a background of what crowdfunding actually is. Uh, we were talking to Catherine who is from Buddy, just around the issues of crowdfunding, what it is, how does it work and how their particular platform is attacking this issue to actually do good for the world. But on the line, we actually wanted to talk to someone who's actually used crowdfunding uh, to take their business to that next level and on the line we are joined by Rob Haynes who is the founder of League of Beers and Steel Cut Spirits uh, last year he and uh, Sugarbird Gin crowdfunded over a million rand in just around a month and a half I think it was around 45 days if I'm correct and they had contributions from from around 150 or so backers and it's a it, it's a local example of how uh, you can actually crowdfund for a substantial amount of money and take your business to that next level. So, Rob, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Um, For our listeners out there, please could you just uh, take us through uh, a little bit of what your journey was like in terms of uh, crowdfunding Sugarbird Gin uh, more than a year ago? Okay, so sorry, the, the story, the process we went through. Yeah. So, uh, I'll give a, I suppose a quick little summary. Um, we, well, the, the, the thought process that got us to crowdfunding was um, we were planning to steel cut spirits that you mentioned. Uh, it's a, a drinks business. And we wanted to launch, let's call it our first product. We'd had a smaller product before, but we wanted to launch a gin. And in kind of assessing uh, broadly fast-moving consumer goods, like products you buy from retailers, of which alcohol products and drinks are part of that, you notice that there's three ongoing challenges that you're always going to have. And one of them is access to working capital to pay for product. The other is ability to scale and barriers to scale. And the other is 
broadly speaking, your route to market or route to consumer. So how you stand out from the competition, how you are accessible to the consumer, that type of thing. So, and I looked at all three of those things and realized that we had to overcome those challenges because we were starting bootstrapping from scratch. Uh, we didn't have funding yet at that point. Um, and as I was thinking through how do we address these problems, uh, we started, the idea of crowdfunding came across us and we realized that crowdfunding, the structure of crowdfunding, that enables you to address all three of those things in one go. Um, just explain that. Um, the, because, so the, the type of crowdfunding we did was rewards-based crowdfunding. Now, you've just spoken to Catherine from Backabuddy, and that's um, charity-based uh, crowdfunding. Yeah. So it's more about putting money into a cause. You also get equity-based crowdfunding that Uprise Africa does in South Africa where you can buy a stake in something. Whereas the reward-based crowdfunding that we did with Thunderfund, uh, you pre-sell products, basically. And what's great about that is that you can sell a lot of products before you've ever made anything. So there's already there's a, a market validation, a market test to see if people actually want your product. But before you make one product, you sell a, sell a lot. And what that does is it enables you to consolidate uh, your batches so you can make larger batches. Therefore, you start with a uh, you start at scale from day one. Um, it also helps with your working capital because you actually get paid before you produce. Whereas when you produce products like what we do, you normally get paid maybe 90 days after you produce it. And that's a big difference. Um, and the other thing is that we feel by doing a campaign like that, especially for a gin, we thought, well, that would have really lost the gin significantly or an alcohol significantly in South Africa. So it was potentially a way for us to stand out because craft gin, which is becoming very popular yeah. um, and is a great market, there's also a lot of competition. So we needed to find a way to stand out. And that was, logic was, we put our effort into a craft funding campaign because if it really works, our product will really stand out. And we were, we were proven right because Having pushed through to break the South African record, there was a lot of positive spin that we got off of that. So it helped to do that that third thing, which is that that route to market or consumer, um, and that enabled us to get a lot of initial retail listings, which some of the other gyms might not have got, and a lot of initial interest in our products. So that was that's almost to answer your question, the reasoning as to why we went about it. Um, it's it, from a, from a real story point of view, it was <laughs> we, we were trying badly to get this gym off the ground. Right, this was. Something I bad wanted to do because I really, I believe that South Africa makes great gin. South Africans are making great gin. And coming from a craft beer background, uh, what was even more interesting about craft gin is that when you use Infamous, it's a, a naturally occurring plant type, an indigenous plant species from South Africa, so which imparts great flavors into gins. And then you're able to take a product that is probably South African from the ingredients that you make and you take that to the rest of the world and export it. So that was always the, the logic behind getting into gin. But if you take that back, dial it back to reality, how do we, you can't even get started because we had no capital. Um, yeah, because no um, very quickly though, some people might be listening to this story and then ask themselves, why didn't you get like a bank loan or um, some other type of uh, um Funding source, you know the traditional things that people do to fund their businesses. Well, Why you not can't go get that? The traditional things. That, that's basically it. So, like, if you think about, if you're um, a dude or a small team of people with an idea, um, you're going to struggle <laughs> generally <laughs> to get any kind of equity or get financing. It's just really difficult. Like, it's there's very few means to actually access that type of capital. And okay, no, so. Let me rephrase that. There are lots of sources of capital, lots of sources of equity, lots of sources of funding, lots of sources of debt. But for a startup with an idea, 
to actually get access to that is very, very difficult. Whereas with crowdfunding, um, you actually have a direct route to your consumer and you potentially have a better, it's a better means of accessing that. Not that it's easy, but it gives you a, a, a better shot at it. Because uh, banks basically, until you've been trading, most banks won't give you a loan. And a lot of investors won't, won't even invest money in you because it's far too risky. So that's, that's why we didn't go down that route. So then it occurred to us, well, maybe the way we can actually try and get this dream off the ground. And it's, to be honest, I'd faced a lot of rejection from funders and then was, <laughs> was quite sad about that. It's quite a depressing thing. Yeah. And I uh, was at that point of thinking of giving up and then I was actually had to go in for an operation. I'd been reading various different business books and books about crowdfunding and suddenly this thought dawned in my head almost as I was about to go into the needle and I quickly wrote down a note. What if we crowdfunded a gin in South Africa? And then uh, then I went out of the needle, woke up, and, and then woke up with this massive inspiration to try and work out how are we going to crowdfund a gym, and, and, and I try to work out how to answer that question. So and how was that? I so saw then how was that initial? Because you've written the note, you go under the knife, you come out, and then you now start this campaign. How was that initial reaction? Because you guys were able to get to um, your target in forty-five days, which is a very short space of time in as far as crowdfunding is concerned. But was it? Literally, from the moment you put up the campaign, people were receptive, or was the first week or two a bit dicey? Uh, it was a mixture. Yeah. So um, the, there was a lot of planning in a very short space of time. So I think I had the operation probably in July, August, and we went live with our campaign in about September. So we planned it within the space of about a month, but it was a a lot of planning, a lot of campaign <laughs> planning. Because, like, if you think about it, right, rewards-based crowdfunding, you're buying the product online. So yeah. what what can you equate that to? Actually, it's a form of e-commerce, So, which is quite lucky having come from e-commerce background, League of Beers and Yappy Chef, uh, was obviously exposed to that industry. So I took the viewpoint of, let's let's look at this as a, let's sell a, a product to a consumer online. Let's think about this in terms of e-commerce. So we realized that we needed to get a lot of eyeballs onto our campaigns, which is a lot of marketing. Um, and we needed to have to think in terms of the consumer, like what would they want? So uh, when the campaign went live, which you find is quite common with most successful campaigns, they'll go live with a big bang. So in our first um, in our first couple of days, we had a lot of uh, a lot of initial backers and a lot of a lot of initial interest. But we found we had to keep working and reinventing throughout the campaign, finding different ways to reach consumers. Uh, speaking to influencers, bloggers, getting to PR, and we continually, we almost like on a daily and weekly basis, we tweaked the product offerings yeah. and we tweaked the way we were reaching consumers. So it, was, uh, it wasn't like, uh, it was, what it was definitely not is a build it and they will come. So I think a lot of people think, let's make a crowdfunding campaign live and let's put it on a, on a uh, viable platform like Thunderfund and people will back us. That's Basically, that just won't happen. That <laughs> you could do that, and you will get zero funders. Um, so it was a a lot of kind of relentless activation and marketing to try and keep the interest in our campaign live the whole time. Um, and so there was, if you look at it, if you kind of follow it, if you had like a graph of of backers and sales, there was this initial spike, and then there was a dip, and then there was a kind of a as we refined our offerings and our marketing, we got like further little spikes throughout the campaign, mm. but we had a huge spike right at the end uh, where it just kind of almost turned on the table. We, we released a, a final product that turned out to be the most, the most impactful product 
um, a, a product being a reward or something that a customer can kind of buy on a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign. Um, and that for the final PR shift. And what also happened is on social media, we picked up a lot of momentum and more and more people got interested and started tweeting about it and more and more kind of influential, naturally influential people as opposed to paid for influencers started getting behind the campaign and that also made a big impact. Yeah. So it was, it was hard work all the way through. Okay, so lastly, because we are running out of time, why did you guys choose to use Thunderbird as the platform for uh, your crowdfunding? And what sort of advice would you give to someone who wants to launch a crowdfunding campaign? Because I find that there are a lot of misconceptions around what it actually is and how you actually make it effective. Because it sounds like you guys, from what you're saying, you guys had a lot of planning. But I don't think a lot of people actually plan. They just put up a campaign and hope for the best. So why Thunderbird? And uh, and what advice for people that want to use crowdfunding as a source of funds? So um, you, you realize that you've created a whole new platform there by taking Sugarbird and Thunderfund and uh, just bolt them into one. Create <laughs> 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 Thunderbird. <laughs> but I will. I'm going to find the Thunderfund people and tell them about this new business we can create together. Thunderbird. <laughs> but uh, so Thunderfund is the one that we, we work with, and Sugarbird obviously was the one that we um, launched. But I really like your combination there. <laughs> um, but so uh, the reason, reason we chose Thunderfund, so we wanted to do rewards-based, which is like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So Thunderfund is almost like a Slavian version of Kickstarter and, and Indiegogo. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it was a rewards-based because we were the physical product. We weren't backing a cause and we weren't giving away equity. Um, and the reason for choosing Thunderfund is that in the research that I did, they're seen as South Africa's top rewards-based crowdfunding platform in South Africa. So it made sense to go with them. There's the option of going with, you could launch an Indiegogo or an international site, but it seemed like if we were focusing on South Africa, it made sense to go with what we understood to be the biggest and best in South Africa. Um, there are, you can use international platforms, and there are other, there are lots of other platforms in South Africa. I would do as much research as possible to see which one suits your product and need and what you're trying to do, but I obviously highly recommend the Thunderfund guys uh, just uh, having Pre, pre the campaign seen them, I believed uh, I saw them as being the, the most impactful and obviously I enjoyed working with them, which is why I've done work with them after the time. So I was very impressed with Thunderfund as a company, as a brand and what they do. But there, there are obviously other platforms out there. Out there. Um, and then uh, it just broad advice. Um, I think what was useful for us was the kind of mindset that we took uh, was, and this won't work for everybody, but this is just what worked for us, is that we viewed it in terms of uh, selling a product online, and to get that right, we needed to get as many eyeballs as possible, as many people seen it as possible, um, and we needed to target the right kind of people who would be interested. Um, and then we we pushed ourselves the whole time to think about uh, what are the products that people would want to buy. Um, and we even invented a new type of product, which is where people almost pre-purchased batches as a form of uh, offering us debt because people wanted to share in the upside. Um, and... It, our focus was on giving people great value in terms of the products. So even when people were buying bottles of gin, it came with tonic and things like that. So we we're just trying to mm. deliver value the whole time. So that's that focus of getting eyeballs, the right eyeballs, but also giving them great value, I think was what worked really well for us. I mean, then, then on top of that, we did a lot of PR, a lot of networking. We held events. Uh, we, we sold and networked with everyone we could possibly work with who could help us in some kind of way. It really... It really is a crowd thing. So I'll, I'll take credit for the for the idea and for driving it. 
but I won't take credit for the success because so many people came together in terms of making it work. Like, we were given a space to host an event on top of the Media 24 building. We had people who actually started funding our business, who, who put us in contact with their networks. We had our team, like Brendan and Zeka, driving things. Nick from Thunder Fund was driving things. The Thunder Fund team got involved. Like, friends of friends of friends told people about it and backed it. It was really... It became like a community exercise. And I think uh, probably a crucial thing behind that was that there was a, quite a big purpose behind Sugarbird, that we there's a we focus on, on entrepreneurs in South Africa and how to use what we do to empower entrepreneurs. That's a big key focus to what we do. So I think it was easier to get people behind that because a lot of people will agree with our point that uh, entrepreneurs can help to make South Africa a better place. So that was us on the line. We were talking to uh, Rob Haynes, who is uh, from uh, the League of Beers and Steel Cut Spirits, uh, just telling us about their journey with Sugarbird Gin, which they crowdfunded uh, over a million rand more than a year ago. It's an interesting story, but a big takeaway is the fact that you, I think a big uh, takeaway for me is that you need to have a team in place to actually help you drive the campaign forward. You can't just put a crowdfunding campaign online and hope that people are going to be receptive to what you're doing and then the second thing is that you need to provide value as you heard they used a rewards based um, uh, crowdfunding campaign to actually get people interested and you don't just do something for nothing you know people want some type of value so if you have a value proposition it can definitely help your campaign on the other side of this we come to the end of the show keep it locked this is the business buzz on the business buzz so that's it in terms of the business buzz for today Thank you so much to everyone who was on our show. Uh, thank you so much to Rob Haynes, who is uh, from Songbird, and also to uh, Catherine Duploy uh, from Backup Buddy, just giving us a roundup of what uh, the crowdfunding uh terrain is looking like in South Africa and also how to effectively fund your business in South Africa using some of these platforms. Some big takeaways is that at the moment, I know that I've been making a joke about, you know, the holidays and the weddings and the funerals, but you can literally crowdfund anything in 2018. So don't be shy to actually go out and just explore, you know, some of these different avenues. As you heard, Rob was talking about how mainstream funding, such as your loans, etc., is very hard to get especially if you're a very sort of fledgling business that hasn't uh, had any type of trading as yet so this is definitely a good way for you to be funding your business in 2018 and you actually have um, less um, in terms of uh, just you know the pressures of uh, paying back interests uh, paying back loans and all of that so it's a, it's a good way to get into um, whatever business you are in and it actually then helps you become more thoughtful and as you heard with our buffalo index with laying earlier on you need to provide a value proposition of some sort to the people that are actually funding your businesses you can't just be asking people for money and just expect that they'll give you money for nothing you actually need to use a rewards-based system i think it's definitely the best system as you heard rob was talking about how they planned for more than a month before they even launched their campaign and it was slick and they were able to get to their one million and ran in 45 days so it can be done so you can tell us what you think uh, what are you crowdfunding or what would you crowdfund um, thank you so much uh, big shout out to 
at uh, Katujesu underscore KTJ on Twitter, uh, who says that they would want to fund a second-hand truck for their business. And thank you to at PopoutJ, uh, who said definitely school or making a film. That's what they would want to crowdfund. Otherwise, for everyone else, tell us what you think. On Twitter, we are at VowFM. Our hashtag is hashtag BusinessBuzz. On Facebook, we are uh, VowFM. That's Voice of Vids. And you can also find our Facebook page. That's uh, Vitz Radio Academy 0840784912 that's our WhatsApp line and you can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on vitz.journalism.co.za forward slash business so with that we've come to the end of the show thank you so much to our our amazing team our executive producer Elna Schutz our production which is done by Atlingi Wezondo and our technical producer Kutluano Serame don't miss the business Bus, same time, same place next week for more into the world of business, money, and commerce. From myself, Mudio Mob Justice, it's uh, good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. only on Vow FM. The Business Buzz Podcast.